young couple set out to uh, establish a Chabad center in a new town. And as all shluchim, as all emissaries of the Rebbe, they proceeded to uh, gather a minion, get some people to attend classes and study and so on, and eventually they needed, they needed a building. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. A young couple set out to uh, establish a Chabad center in a new town. And as all shluchim, as all emissaries of the Rebbe, they proceeded to uh, gather a minion, get some people to attend classes and study and so on. And eventually they needed they needed a building. So they were going to launch a building campaign. They got together a list of wealthy people and uh, proceeded to visit them or call them for appointments to see if they can't raise the money for a down payment on a building. And they needed $43,000 down payment. They uh, made an appointment with an individual who they had never met at his house. And they came to the appointment. And they walk into the, uh, to the house. And the first thing they notice is a picture of the Rebbe over the, over the uh, mantelpiece on the, fire, on the fireplace. They were a little taken aback by that because they didn't, they didn't think that the Rebbe had... Uh, become that well-known in this particular town where there was no Lubavitch center or Lubavitch activity. So the young Chassid said to, this, uh, to the man, he said, uh, what is this? And the man, the man said, if you're a rabbi, you know who this is. He said, I know who it is. I don't, what is it? How, how come you have a picture of the Debbie? So the man said, well, sit down, I'll tell you the story. He says, I do a lot of business in New York. And I'm there quite often. And I was visiting with one of my clients. We were out eating in Manhattan. And uh, this client takes out his wallet and he shows me pictures of his family and of his children. And I must have turned white because the man said, what, what's the matter? What's the problem? So I told him that uh, my wife and I have been married for many years and we don't have children and we've tried everything and we're just really in a lot of pain about this, that uh, we were not blessed with children. So this client said to me, I may not be the, man, the one to speak about these things because I'm not religious or 
um, or observant in any way. But if I were you, I would go into Brooklyn and see the Lubavitcher Rebbe and get a blessing from him. I hear it really works. Well, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. This was not for me. I'm, that's not my style. I'm not into this. I don't believe in this. And there was no way I was going to do that. And besides, I had a plane to catch. I had to be at the airport. So I thanked him for his suggestion, but I set off to the airport to get, catch my flight. I get to the airport and I find out that my flight has been delayed for two hours. So now I'm sitting in the airport and I'm thinking to myself, uh, I got nothing to do here. I can either sit in the airport and waste two hours, or maybe I should run into Brooklyn and get this blessing from the rabbi. So he, I hopped into a taxi, go down to Brooklyn, come to 770, and not knowing how, how this works or what, what the rules of the game is, uh, I walk inside and I, I, I say, I'd like to see the rabbi, the Rebbe. And, they, and the secretary there said, do you have an appointment? I never heard of making an appointment with a, with a Rebbe. And I said, no, I don't have an appointment. Uh, I'm in a hurry and I got to see the Rebbe. It's very important. And they said, well, we'll make you an appointment. You come back in a month. <laughs> I said, not in a month. I have to catch a plane in an hour. Anyway, they looked at me rather strangely and, and shrugged their shoulders. I'm like, there's no way. And I was really put off by that. I was really upset. And I slammed the door. I walked out of the office, slammed the door. And this chassid uh, looks at me and says, is everything okay? Something wrong? And I said, you know, I drove out here from the, from the airport, all the way from the airport, to get, a, to get an appointment with the Rebbe, and, and they won't let me see the Rebbe. So he said, the chassid said to me, is, is it an emergency? And I said, I, I think so. So he whispers, the chassid whispers to me, and he says, let me tell you what you should do. The Rebbe is going to come out of his room to dive to, for mincha in, uh, in about 10 minutes. He's going to come out of the door here on the left, He's going to cross the hallway into the, into the, into the, uh, into the shul where, where they're davening, uh, off here on the right. Now, if I were you, I would simply stop the Rebbe on his way and tell him what I need. But, but don't tell anybody that I told you to do this or I'll get killed. So, so I did that. I waited for the Rebbe to come out. And as the Rebbe came out into the hallway, I simply pushed myself through the crowd and stood in the Rebbe's way and was going to say something to him, but I got so choked up, I, I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything. I was just totally... And the Rebbe said, you, you want to ask me something? And I nodded. So the Rebbe turned around, went back into his room, I followed him into his room, and then standing there inside but just by the door, the Rebbe said, no. And I finally was able to tell the Rebbe how, how, how desperately we wanted to have a child and how miserable we, are, we were over the fact that we didn't have any children and so on. And the Rebbe said to me, 
I see you're a businessman. I'm a businessman too. We have no time to waste. So, promise me that you will put on tefillin every day, and I promise you that you will have children. And that just made me even crazier, because this, that was the last thing I expected the Rebbe to say. I thought some kind of prayer, some kind of uh, ritual or something, but, but this was like just... And, and again, I was totally speechless. And the Rebbe waited and finally said, No, you promise? And I said, Yes. And the Rebbe said, I promise also. And then the Rebbe just went ahead with the, with the mincha. And uh, that's why I have a picture of the Rebbe in my house. So the Chassid, of course, needed to know the rest of the story. And he said, so what about the blessing? So the man introduced him to his three children who were having dinner in the kitchen. Then the man says to him, so what do you need from me? So the Chassid says, you know, we're trying to buy a building and we need a down payment, $43,000, and we're asking 10 people to uh, contribute towards the $43,000. So the man said, you know, I th I'll, give you th I'll give you the $43,000. And you don't have to go to anybody else. And the Chassid was pleasantly surprised. And he said, that's great. You're, you're very generous. And the man said, well, <laughs> you happened to catch me at the right time. Tonight is my 43rd birthday. And that's how that particular Chabad house got off the ground. That Chabad center got off the ground. But what I would like to uh, consider for a moment is the Rebbe's answer. I see you're a businessman. I'm also a businessman. And we have no time to waste. Now, in, in what way is the Rebbe a businessman? So the Rebbe once spoke at a Fabrengen, the difference between the world of business and the world of yeshiva. There are people who live their lives in the world of the yeshiva. Their life, their days, are filled with study, with prayer. It's a world, a life of yeshiva. The world of Torah. And that's their entire life which is wonderful and holy and special and so on. Then there's the life of business. The life of making a living. One of the differences between these two lives, these two lifestyles, is that in the world of Torah, in the world of the yeshiva, there is never a rush. There's never a hurry. You study as much as you can today, and whatever you don't study today, you'll study tomorrow. In the business world, there are always deadlines. There's an opportunity, there's a possibility, make an investment, buy or make a purchase, and if you don't do it now, tomorrow is too late. Tomorrow, it's over. If you don't buy at the right time, you don't sell at the right time, then, then you lose it. So the difference between the two worlds is that in the world of business, you can't afford to wait to tomorrow. You've got to take advantage of what's available today. 
In the world of yeshiva, there's always tomorrow. There's never a time pressure. When the Rebbe said, I'm a businessman too, promise me you'll put on film, I promise you you'll have children, what the Rebbe was saying is that in the world of Yiddishkeit, in the world of Torah, in the world of mitzvahs, we really should all um, experience it as a business in the sense that with mitzvahs there is a time consideration. Today's mitzvah, of course, can be performed tomorrow as well, but you've lost whatever was unique and special about today. So putting on tefillin today is in some way unique because today is unique. And if you don't put on the tefillin today, sure, you'll put them on tomorrow. But then it's a different mitzvah. It's tomorrow's mitzvah, not today's mitzvah. And uh, in the Rebbe's world, in the Rebbe's yeshiva, a world of mitzvahs, a world of Torah, a world of Yiddishkeit, there was this element of time consideration. It's got to be now. You can't lose an opportunity. You can't uh, delay a mitzvah. So when the Rebbe meets with a Jew, uh, there is no tomorrow, there's today. Like a businessman. And therefore, we have no time to waste, the Rebbe said. So let's make this deal. You promise to put on the tefillin, and I promise you, you'll have children.